You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so happy to be doing goal setting across Enneagram types this week with you. I know we are going to dig into each and every type together as we goal set and especially before we leave the month of May, which has been our goal setting month. So whether you're listening to this in a different season or right now live, I want you guys to know that we're not just addressing goal setting as part of life in general. We are getting in the nitty gritty thicket here. So this is an informational episode, but I want to open us up to our hearts and our bodies too. So make sure you take a nice deep breath with me and just allow yourself in to this space of goal setting and clarity bringing and just go ahead and take a nice deep breath as we go into that space together. Okay, well, I'm so glad you guys could join me. We are so thankful to have an Enneagram and Marriage community that allows us to dig even deeper into the minutia of the goal setting. And the reason I like this is because we don't just live in a vacuum. We live in a social system. So just looking at our types is great and helpful, or even just looking at the bigger, broader picture of goal setting is helpful. So we'll give a few tips for those too. But I also want to alert you guys to stances today, just in a minor way, just to remind you of Sean Palmer's book, because we talked about that on the show a few episodes ago, and we do set our goals in social ways. And so I have to be aware of myself being in that assertive, aggressive stance. And then, of course, my husband has to be aware that he's in the compliant, dependent stance. And our children, our son is sort of like Wes and I, a mix of us, but our daughters are withdrawing. And so we all have to be aware of that. And you have to be aware of that within your marriage and family too, because as you're goal getting in those general ways, if you're not aware of the social ways that you can get in each other's ways when you're goal getting, it can get rather sticky. So I'm going to just give us a clarified way to walk through all of these different ways together. First, I'm going to give you guys today some general ways to set goals. Next, I'm going to help you out with some stances, and then I'm going to give you the overview of all the types so that you get, like I said, very fine-tuned ways to goal get that will not be at odds with one another. Because imagine you trying to say, oh, I'm a one and I love to be just compliant. And then somebody else over here says, I'm aggressive. And so I'm going to go for it. But you get away from this podcast and now you're setting goals in such different styles. So the first thing I wanted to say was make sure that you do some good general goal setting. And general goal setting involves you guys just taking a look at, as I said, the whole month we've been thinking about parenting goals and how to come together if you're in that stage or intimacy goals, whatever your goals are. It's great. I love that you have them. 
but make sure that you're getting some self-care so that your goals actually can get done in a way that is efficient and kind and you're not just into that space of doing without really pausing and allow you to have some fuel and taking date nights and doing fitness and all of those things that we talked about in January of 2022 on this podcast if you need to go back to just revitalize ourselves in a self-care way. So that is one of my first mentions for you today as we really put a cap on goals just make sure you get your self-care. I don't want you to forget that piece. Right now, I've been doing a lot of writing. So I've been doing some days the seven-minute workout app instead of either gym or a Cassie Ho workout because simply I need the time back. So this is a space I can get it. And for some of you, it's literally, I love to say the example of just bringing that jug of water wherever you're going that day because you're in a state of healing or you're recovering from something. And, and that's your way to just say to yourself, I'm doing some self-care today. And it's different different from the next person over. So that's what I want you to focus on. And then spiritually make sure that you don't put too much on your spouse to be your everything and become codependent on them. If you're a person of faith, you can go to God with things. And I've really enjoyed the song Pieces lately. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but Stephanie Gretzinger sings it. It is absolutely gorgeous. And it almost brings me to tears because it's such a beautiful reminder of how God doesn't love us in pieces. It stands out to me because the song is so good of a reminder that in marriage, we really do want that glow together. We want to shine together, but God's fire is the only one that never burns out and, and it's never disappointing. So it allows us to hold our spouse or our partner in a healthier state versus us clutching them like you are my everything. So physical, spiritual, and then of course, emotional self-care for all of us. If you were listening to this podcast, we took some time with Trudy's seven love styles test, or maybe you remember the five love languages, but it's really trying to remember and and to be intentional about how you can get emotional replenishment. And of course, some of you are going through the Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner with me. So you know we're looking at micro goals and you know we're basically trying to make sure we keep that self-care going all year long so that we don't burn out. So that's your basic startup for goals. And then the other basic start is just taking goals in small sections, micro-goaling them. And that looks like taking little chunks called the Pomodoro Method. Some of you are familiar with that. That's been going around lately. My daughters are loving that in their dual enrollment high school courses with college because Melody started now too, dual enrolling. And so even though they're 16 and 14, they're both in the community college setting. And it's important that they try to keep up, but it's intimidating so they can take these little timed Pomodoro method study sessions and then have a five minute break or a little bit of longer break. Then they can set themselves up for another 25 minutes on that task and then another break. And so Melody, the nine, she likes her low key jazz while she's listening. And Hannah likes to use the soundtrack to the newer Little Women by Alexander Desplat or the Walter Mitty soundtrack, Theodore Shapiro. And Wes loves the Opus, different Opus 2022. He also loves Philip Glass piano. And Jack, my son, loves the Avengers and superhero themes. And I really like the, of course, Lord of the Rings, of course, and sometimes Jane Austen soundtrack. So we really find our non-verbal songs to help us through our little sessions. And for me, it's even shorter. I literally 
literally do a lot of five minute, five minute, five minute. But those are some ways you can break up the goal, even if it's a five minute walk or a 25 minute walk if you have longer. Or if your goal is to clean a certain area of the house or do a project. These are such important pieces, not for just people of certain study habits or certain ages. So don't forget to set your goals with wisdom and know what season you're in so that you can tell whether you're in a five minute season or a seven minute season or a 25 minute season, and then continue to do that. Give yourself little rewards as needed so that you don't burn out. That's where the self-care comes in. But otherwise, just give yourself little projects and ways that will help you to focus. So refine that. Talk to your spouse about it if you're married. Don't leave them in the dark of your with your goals because it's so important that we approach them as a family, even if we say, I'm not going to take all their time talking about my goal, but I just want them to know so that we can root each other on and make sure you're there for them and their goal too. And then lastly, make sure you're setting goals together. I'm saying that all the time to the people using the planner, but if you're not, just make sure that you are saying it to each other, that you are thinking it, that you are trying to get your feelings in line so that you can be excited about a lot of the same things. Not everything, but a lot of the same things. So now that we talked about some general goal setting tips, I also said I wanted to go into stances socially because I think you can really sabotage each other socially if you don't get it right. And so that's where Sean Palmer's episode and book come in. And I want you to understand that when I gave the example of the different stances in our home, three, sevens, and eight are more aggressive, assertive. Uh, We have the ones, twos, and sixes who are more compliant, dependent. And then we have the four, five, nine who are more withdrawing. You are going to realize that you have to work with these people in ways that will appeal to them because you can't just say, oh, I'm going to change them. That doesn't work. People are so nuanced. We understand very little about the brain, quite honestly. So we're tapping in, we're getting these rote tools for you. But the truth is, it just takes a long time. There's a lot of work to do. So we have to be very patient with each other. And in that way, realize if you, like me, have withdrawing types in your family, and I kind of have a theory that every other generation is a bit different in general, this is important for you to realize that a lot of the times yours has been a bit overwhelming to somebody or underwhelming, and they feel like they need to do something different because they're actually trying to balance you. And I think this only maybe gets more pronounced over time, although I know there's some certain actual real really important good evidence that tells us it's not just nurture, but also nature. And I just want you guys to realize that where we land with all this physical, emotional, spiritual, head, heart, body, and then these stances of assertive, withdrawing, and compliant is we really want to be balanced. So allow your spouse to balance you if you're pulling too hard for a goal or pushing too hard, or if you're pulling away too much, or if you're saying yes to everything and you're too compliant, make sure you're on the lookout for that and you're pausing and you're reflecting. That's going to help you a lot right there before we get into the main types. So very good. Set your boundaries where you need to. So keep talking to your family. Keep encouraging them. I'm doing the same with Wes. He did awesome at teaching Sunday school this week. And he had so much fun with the little kids and just has such a gift for being that kind person who really wants to help and serve. And he helped so many people this week. So I did my best to just support him and to build him back up and to nourish him any way I could think of 
because I knew that was happening for him. And some days you miss. Some days I didn't do it perfectly, but I was really trying because I'm learning about how we can each achieve our goals better. And it's with nurturing, it's with balance, and it's looking at those social stances. So thanks for looking there with me, guys. And then you know we have a quick announcement before we get into our nine types that we are having our Enneagram and Marriage Collective. I'm so happy some of you have already joined. And one of the biggest features that I'm so happy I got to find out from Apple is that I'm able to share our Wednesday subscriber episodes in the group. So if you want more Enneagram and Marriage in your week, we have 30-minute episodes that we're sharing inside of the membership group in addition to our monthly trainings and in addition to the stages of relationship, glow process, and PDFs that you get. So make sure if you are needing more marriage support, more relationship support, that you join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I am closing the doors June 14th, 2022 for this summer session. And I am actually closing out Founders Prices June 1st. So make sure if you want the very best deal that you join by June 1st or at least by June 14th. But I'm hoping to give you way more value than the cost, like way more. That's my goal. And I feel like that's already happening with all the extras, uh, four extra podcasts a month and also a live teaching with me. And just one session of coaching is so much more. You also get a glow guide with that or a deep dive or a planner. So literally that's, you know, you've got a lots of months of free almost if you think about all that, but only if it's the right fit for you, because I want to hit everybody where they're needed. And that's something I've learned as the aggressive assertive type is those who are meant to come will come. So come if you feel like that's you. Stay as long as you like. There's no cancellation. And you can find that out at enneagramandmarriage.com. Okay, let's jump in and talk about goal getting together with all of the nine types. So let's start from type one as to how ones do tend to get stuck when they're goal getting, as well as what helps to get them across the finish line. So I want to let you know, ones really do a good job with working really hard. And they're so good at lists and just getting things accomplished that are shoulds. But what really happens is that they forget to ever turn off the on button. And so they run, 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 run. Their resentment vice builds up and side of them, at their spouse, at themselves, at others, depending on who it is, at the world for being less than idealistic and perfect. And so what happens is the one doesn't really get to get to that autonomy. I'm always thinking about the one in terms of Cinderella not getting to the ball on time or even before it's midnight, just having to turn out and not even get one dance in. And what I always remind ones of is you have to work on the goals you want to as well as the shoulds. And you have to give the shoulds a time limit because there's always going to be more shoulds in life. Nothing is ever perfect. And you'll have a few ones argue you that say, yes, but I will get it to my standard. I know Wes used to clean for this woman named Mrs. Denny back when we were in grad school in Wheaton. And she would say, it isn't clean until it's Mrs. Denny cleaned. And some of you are probably saying that too. And maybe Wes picked up on some things since he's a one, but honestly, he has one in different areas of life as a social one. But what I hope she did, and I hope that you guys can continue to learn from is the ones who know how to rest, even if it's not always perfectly clean to your standards or perfectly done, because, and this is so important, 
you're going to get to that tomorrow. It doesn't mean you're going to turn in work that is less than excellent, but sometimes it does mean that you're going to set a boundary at work or at home and say, you know, I like to do things with excellence and I'm not going to be able to go any faster. I have to do it well. I have to do it right. But I also have to have my stopping point. So it might mean a conversation with somebody. And I know Wes has to do these every few months in different settings so that he doesn't get taken advantage of. So make sure you check yourself and put your goals out on the table. Once again, listen to Sean's episode on ones and the dependent compliance stance if you need to go back to that one and review anything about what you can do in addition to this, because I think that there's some great points he makes in his book and on that podcast episode. And then in your marriage, make sure that you go get together so you don't want to be two parallel lines. You definitely want to make sure of that. As ones could say, okay, finally got my autonomy and I finally made everything happy at work and I finally helped people in the neighborhood or extended family or church or wherever you're probably all of those places. But then forgetting the marriage, the marriage is the most important after your self-care. So you have to have that oxygen mask on. You have to take care of each other. That is a priority. And then the rest will fall into place. And thankfully, God has designed this world with some structure, or at least you can see that if you're not a person of faith, there is some structure and order to the world. So it will work out okay. It won't be perfect. It never will be completely perfect though. And you don't want to get sick. You don't want to have such a negative attitude that your brain synapses don't really have a chance to do what they need to do. And your body is on overload all the time and adrenal fatigue and cortisol issues and who knows what else. So take care of you one. We love you. We appreciate you. And we want you to go get on the fun things too and include your spouse and prioritize you guys too. Okay, so type twos with goal getting, we want to make sure that you guys understand that you are so good at goal getting uh, in ways that will be relational. And we know that that's important and that sometimes the relationships are everything to you. And sometimes you might even leave out what's practical because of your positivity and your desire to be with others and to stay connected and to be affirmed and loved. And so what's really important is that you are thoughtful about your goals every day and that you really make sure that you don't just burn out. Make sure that you're not coming to your spouse where you're just like, "Ah, I already had fun with my friends or my mom group or my small group if I'm a dad or my work friends or I already had fun with the extended family and now I'm coming to you without any sense of connection because I'm depleted. And also even more importantly too is that you have goals that are conducive to you as as well, not just the needs of others. So that means checking in with your feelings. And I love how we've learned together that twos not only are really good at detecting others' feelings, but often not super aware about what's happening on their own interior. So as you're figuring that out, which takes time and focus and slowing down, now you're softer for yourself, not just others. And you're more aware of your personal goals and what would make you feel really successful in every way, mind, body, heart, spirit, versus just running. So being intentional for you means not only talking with your spouse about it and aligning with them and attuning with them, but also with yourself so that you're being true to you and you're learning how you can be self-respecting. That is going to be so important. So I'm excited to hear how this goes for you too. And I just wanted you to have a sense for what to be looking out for. And yeah, 
understand that others are ultimately responsible for their goals. And if you have littles, then empower them a little bit. I know that I always remember mine were working from the minute they were born. I tell them that when they grieve that, like, oh man, being older stinks. And I'm like, A, it does, and it's hard. And so lament, but then also to encourage, to be able to say, yeah, but you've been working since the second you were born. I can remember my first daughter came out with uh, her mouth open, ready to eat. It's like, that's hard work for both mom and baby. Um, so it's, it's life is a challenge. But the cool thing is goal getting feels really good when you're in a healthy mindset. So that's what I want you to focus on is that mindset too, because twos can be thinking inhibited. Okay, so threes, I want you guys to remember that you're really good at goal setting, as I said, with the Sean Palmer interview, and you're amazing at it. So that's not really really where the focus is for you. The focus on goal getting is to a finish a goal well. So not to just do it haphazardly so you can cross it off and tell people you crossed it off to get love. And I get why you want that, but to really get it done so that you're proud of yourself and to ask yourself, not just a mirror of what others think, but you Am I proud of what I produced? And a lot of the time, the answer is going to be, heck yes, I'm a three. I do things well. But I want you to savor it if that's the answer. If it's not the answer, come back to it. Don't leave yet. Come back and finish it well because you're going to be so glorious out there. I want that for you. I'm almost jealous of us not getting that if you're not healthy, like please. And we're doing episodes on jealousy, so don't worry, I'll deal with that. But do that for you and for us. But then also make sure that you set family goals that are not just goals for the family, but in the family, with the family, being together, resting together, and not just the nine crash arrow of three where you're like, I'm all achieving and now I'm totally dead. I want you to come into that middle space. Yes, I know you're white knuckling it with me, but I want you to come into that space, figure out in that liminal area, what do I need to do to feel safe, to feel grounded, to feel comfortable? And I want you to do that. And it probably involves some pausing, some breathing, finding the things that you like to do that really don't have anything to do with worldly goals. And some of you are so good at things immediately as a three that you're like, oh, I just all of a sudden took up crocheting and now I'm going to show the world on Instagram about that. So it's also noticing that about yourself, giving yourself grace if you do have to make a post or two because you're fun and you like to encourage others, but coming back to yourself and saying, that feels good for me or helping my child. There's just a lot of love and goodness in going slow. So please savor and enjoy the goals you've made and savor the people in your life and come back to them. And you're also very good at helping others to goal get. And that's a beautiful thing for me to watch you with your marriages is to helping your people goal get. Just be gentle on them and take some deep breaths there too. As we get to type four, I have a great reminder right in front of me for fours about what they need because I had to switch out my desk where I podcast with my daughter's desk because something happened with my desk and then my husband had it in pieces and um, I think he was just like, this thing is inefficient and not good and I'm going to fix it and so all of a sudden I have my daughter's antique desk that I'm podcasting on and she's a four and as I mentioned and I was looking for a slip of paper in the top drawer recently and there was these two beautiful little 
pieces of art that she made. And one of them has a bunch of succulents on it. And it just says, hug me with an exclamation point. So for your fours that are goal setting, make sure that you show them a lot of love. And I mean, this is something I planned into this episode because I was like, you know what? This is actually a really good reminder for most fours that they really want to be loved because they don't always feel like when they're goal getting that they're worthy of being listened to. And I have lots of fours in my life who, although sometimes they rank themselves higher than everybody else, a lot of the time it's lower. So they really like to be affirmed. They're in the the heart triad with the twos and the threes. And it just feels so good to get that affirmation from you. So encourage your fours if you're married to a four. And if you are a four, ask. And I'm going to go hug her because I see this. And I actually was going to do it, but she already beat me to it and asked for a hug when I went downstairs last time. So I am going to come out again and show her this and put it somewhere. And then this other drawing she has is of a turtle. And it says, your speed doesn't matter. Forward is forward. And I thought that that one was really a beautiful reminder for fours because obviously fours, I think, take in the world at the slowest pace, but also the most aesthetically and the most with depth. So I think that when they're goal getting, they do need to know that a lot of people will want to do something really quickly and then come back and edit like me. And that's what I'm doing as I'm in my writing process right now. But a lot of fours will do that a little bit, but for the most part, they wanna go slow and do it well the first time. Learn a small piece of that goal. So we're back to the whole micro goal. And for me, it might be the micro goal is, going quickly and then coming back and refining. But for a four, the micro goal might be just moving forward one inch like that turtle. So very cool to really see that about you guys. And then I just want you guys to know that again, don't go totally within as a four in your goals. It's okay to ask. It's okay to ask for your needs to be met so that you are not alone in this process because we do want to be there for you. But try really hard not to do that whole withdrawing thing with your spouse where you're toying with them about ways to show up in the world and then ways to skip out of the world so that they can really see you in your full light. Um, Or, you know, it's hard. We're always going to see a bit dimly, but that they can see that glow emanate from you in a real way. Like you're there, you're standing in with them and you're saying, here's my goals. They're not perfect, but here they are. And not only that, here's how we can work together. Because once a four can come out and step out, they can also come out of their own space, not only stop being doing inhibited, and now they're in action, even those slow steps, but they're also attuning to others emotionally and caring a lot. And that's a very satisfying place for any human is to care about another person. It feels really good. It is more blessed to give than receive because we feel good when we're giving. Even though sometimes it scares us, it feels really good, especially when it's being received and you've set the boundaries you need to set. So very cool about you guys fours. All right, so I'm pausing here at this 4.5 space to remind you of Sean Palmer's book, speaking by the numbers. And I also want to make sure that not only do I give you, I I bookmarked a part of it, but I wanted to let you know that just as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, sometimes we're in that space where we're trying to communicate our needs, our goals, and we're forgetting that the ways to do that is to honor how the other person moves in the world. And I like how he says the Enneagram reveals to us the faulty ways we've sought to protect ourselves and the flawed ways we've attempted to be loved. Knowing this should create humility. Learning that everyone has tried to cover themselves and find love in their own deficient ways should generate compassion. This is how the Enneagram cultivates relational connection. 
So I like how he reminds us of that because it really offers us some freedom here about what kind of goals we're setting. Because for one person, he mentioned in the last episode about a marathon and For some people, just getting out of bed is the marathon. So just take away this blinder that you have on that your way is the only way. And remember that all the gifts are needed and important. So if you want more information about his book, make sure you look at the show notes. It's speaking by the numbers. We are past the book's beautiful birthday debut and it's out now and it's sold everywhere books are sold, but also ivpress.com. And you have to make sure you use our special code, which is EMPOD, E-M-P-O-D 30. That's the number 30, three zero. And you get 30% off and free US shipping. So that helps you to be able to process through. But I do want you to know there's more deep dive into all of this if you say, oh my gosh, I didn't get enough and I'm stuck still. So he's got you covered. He even has some Star Wars in the book, which is fun for those of you who celebrated May the 4th this year Um, or Mando or Boba Fett or anything. He even talks about Boba Fett's type. So you will have fun with that. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of Boba Fett, type fives. Type fives on the Enneagram really struggle with doing goals in this way, that they will continue to research, research, research about what they need to do, what they want to do, but they will get stuck because they, like ones, can't do it perfectly and there's always more to research. So my encouragement to fives is Don't stop goal getting. Don't stop setting the goals just because it's not perfect. And make sure you do get some opinions before things are perfect because you are not judged on the value of your work being perfect. Once again, we go back to no one's work is perfect and it doesn't mean you're incompetent if your work isn't perfect. There's always gonna be somebody who knows more than you because you can't be at the 10,000 hour mark for everything like Malcolm Gladwell talks about. And I know some fives are right now like, maybe I could, let me add up the hours, but really you can't if you're going to be on not just parallel lines moving in your family, if you're going to have that synergy, if you're going to lean in, if you're going to use your really cool relational gifts that you do have as a five, honestly, then you're going to have to have some leeway here with, I'm putting something out that's great and I've got some perspective, I've got some feedback on it and and people are going to learn from other spaces besides just me and I'm going to give them some recommended calls to action so they can continue their research. And that way you can remember that when anyone publishes something in a professional journal, they always have a conversation afterwards about what research is still being done and what needs to be done. And so just keep that in mind that the story isn't over just because you finished a project or you completed a goal. There's always more to do with your creative mind. So celebrate that. Allow that to make you happy and enthusiastic and to be daring. I know you have your eight and your seven and those parts of you are assertive and aggressive. So I want you to hang on to those for the ride. Let it be a ride and don't put yourself down and others up too high with your four wing. I really want you to watch for these things and inspire yourself with encouraging people around you who are goal getters. And I know a lot of fives who do this. They're like, oh yeah, I listen to this podcaster and this podcaster. Make sure you have some actual people in your life to do this with too. And so they can also hold you accountable and say, how are you doing with this or that project? It doesn't mean you're ever going to get away from the little issues that we all carry 
But what it does mean, like I said at the beginning, is you're seeing steps, you're seeing progress. And and that's exciting because you have a lot to share as a five. So we want to see it and you're going to feel better when it's out there. So make sure you goal get and make sure you goal get with your spouse too so that you don't just hoard the planning for everything. I know you're in the safety triad along with sixes and sevens. Just make sure that you are allowing this information into about how to really nuance together so that you can figure out and listen and lean into their goals, which I know a lot of you are great at, and then merge them with your goals as well. Okay, for type six, I want you to understand that you have a tendency sometimes to rest really well and to not goal get because you're afraid of what's going to happen. And you're aware that if you're not perfect with it, that um, there could be repercussions that could hurt people. And that's hard because honestly, that is something that's very real. And I don't want you guys to get caught up in trouble But I also want you to know stepping outside of your door is an adventure. And yes, I sound very Lord of the Rings there. And that's probably because my son and I are still trekking through book two, but we're actually at a more exciting place now. But I get it. It's it's risky. And I know in that story, Frodo's like, oh man, like I wish I didn't have this side of the family because this is the side of the family that really is the adventurous side. Um, and I know with you sixes, you do have that side of you that is very courageous and, and adventurous. And there's a part of you that says, ah, why do I have to listen to this? But the reason why you do is because there's risk in everything. Every breath you draw in is a risk and yet you do it anyway and you fight. You are such a fighter. So make sure you're brave. Don't just lay down. Every single one who's a three, a six or a nine needs to know not to spend too much time in the nine space. And remember that Goldilocks zone of three and a half hours of rest and the rest of the day should be some rubbing up against some conflict, not just the comfort for the earth triad. So please remember that we need need your amazing brain. You're right in the middle of the thinking triad. You guys are geniuses. So please give us the genius. We need the genius. Okay. Type sevens, a little bit aggressive there. Type sevens. We like to go after our goals. We will go against others in order to get those goals met. So like threes, I have to say to sevens, slow your roll. Make sure that you give people a chance to be themselves. You might see on our blog recently, I wrote an article about how at enneagramandmarriage.com, how you can still have a good marriage without the Enneagram because a lot of your spouses don't share the same goals or want to do everything with you or don't feel passionate about making breakfast. I mean, sevens can be passionate about little things and not everyone shares their enthusiasm, whether it be Enneagram or otherwise. And it's okay to be able to say, you know what, like some of this I can do on my own, but some of it, I just need to let it pass because it was just an idea and I have a million ideas and I can't do them all. And and there's a loss in that and you have to grieve that and lament that. And that's a good space to let feelings in if you're in a really bad state with it. Like I'm really sad about this. Like if it's deep, it's okay. Let it be deep. Go have a song and let yourself enter that space. I always say that to sevens because they love music, but music helps people like us to connect with feelings that we've been told to stuff away before. So it's very helpful to know that there's a beginning and end and a rhythm that can draw at our hearts. We don't always feel safe to do that. So invite your feelings in and understand to take those micro naps if you're doing a lot. Um, No caffeine, um, unless your family is like going on a hike or something that you need a lot of caffeine for, but savor 
But also remember, like I've said on this podcast before, savor is not the only lesson for a seven. It's also the lesson that they need to have sobriety. So just being, just saving some time in the day for just being. And Wes is really good about drawing that out in me. And spouses, this is where we really carry each other is he really likes tradition and being together. And I was just saying to the kids, oh my gosh, dad has a small group tonight. That means I'll be able to do more. And there was a loss in that for all of us because we all knew I would do more if dad wasn't there. And that if he was there, that I would chillax more and just enjoy. So it's important that you guys know that our spouses, despite them being exactly the opposite from us sometimes, even that little moment where I was kind of like, oh, I'm excited. There was the minute it was out of my lips, I was like, I'm going to miss him. Like he balances me and he helps me to go to that sobriety place and just to rest. And so because after the hard work is done, he does like to do that and he goes to his nine wing. So it's important that you try that for each other. But, you know, also saying it out loud, I ended up saying to my kids, you know what, like if you want me to take you to get something to eat tonight or you want to go for a ride then I am open to that because I don't want to make the day just about my goals. So it's really inviting yourself into the process if you're a seven of being with your people with compassion and letting them pull you a little bit, not you pulling them all the time. And that's going to be really hard, but really, really good. Okay. Now, the other quick thing for sevens is make sure you finish goals. And it's okay to have a few books or projects going because you're multiple tasking type of person. I get that. Just make sure that the things that need to get done, get done. And I really don't want to harp on this one because I think most sevens are very hard workers and we actually have trouble with moving too quickly, but not really not working hard. Sevens are very practical. And there's a few of them who may have just all hedonism. But I I think a lot of sevens are in their one and their five a lot. So they're working really hard. And they really need to to rest and they really don't need to to be asked to work harder. I And thankfully, Wes knows that. And he's like, no, I never think you don't work hard enough. I actually like you to take breaks you're learning and I am learning how to still like be with others because we're very individual types and we can do things on our own in a lot of ways. We like our extroversion. We have no shortage of friends, but we also need to just be able to say, I'm really going to be with others, just like type threes. And what I'm about to say to eights, like if you're an aggressive assertive type, just being means letting the other person just be themselves instead of trying to mold and assert and create for that person, just letting them be. Okay, moving on to eights. We know that piece is for them too, just being with others and knowing that your goals are great and you're good at goal setting and you're good at charging through and leading. But I want to give you the tip of savoring also because I want you to make sure that you also enjoy and connect with your people. And I really think that what's important for an eight with their goals is not to judge others on the team or in the family or in the marriage who aren't moving at the same pace. And eights always get annoyed when people say, you know, stop being so big, your presence is looming. But I'm not really going to change that because again, we can't change each other. But what I am going to say to you eights is invite other people in, but don't force them in because they probably don't have that way of connecting to this level of energy that you do. So it's so important that you discharge your emotions without asking other people to have to enter into your energy space. Consider your energy a gift. And I would say the same thing to type ones and anyone else with tons of energy, like that's a gift. Enjoy it. It's a blessing. Do two workouts a day if you need to, but don't 
be mean to others because they don't share that. And I have two lovely teen eight girls who, of course, were not in their families, but they are so good about knowing how to discharge their feelings. In fact, it's been fun to help them set up their own podcast. So I'm very excited for them. And I don't know if it'll be every six months or once a month, but it's been beautiful to see them as sort of their little small group leader that I've been with these girls for like six years and two of them have uprisen as eights, but they know how to get their emotions out and they will sob for a long time if they need to. So don't feel bad about letting emotions out. You've got a lot of energy, let it out, but just don't expect that other people will be able to meet that. Hence, that's where the angsting and the crying probably comes in a lot of times for eights is people don't meet me in my big love and I need to be met because I have so much to give and I don't feel like people can match me. So I want you to be allowed to grieve. I want you to be allowed to work hard. And I want you then to come after the grieving. After the storm has passed, there is this calmness and serenity that does overtake you in a good way. And that's an important thing for you to hang on to is people love you when you kind of come back and chill out in that five space and know how to just be a student and an observer and a friend and logical versus aggressive and looming and begging others to come and join you in everything you're doing. Okay, so doesn't mean I don't want you to goal get though. Like what a shame if eight stop goal getting. I'm just trying to balance you. And that goes for your spouse too, because I really want your marriage to be good. (laughs) That feels very trite, but it's true. Okay, nines, last but not least, I know that I already mentioned this for sixes, but it 100% goes for you too. Don't stay in your nine zone too much because I want to make sure that you know that Goldilocks zone is so for you that you work and allow some resistance for most of your day and then just saving anywhere from 30 minutes to three and a half hours a day. The the traditional thing for nines people often say is take a half an hour to two hours a day doing what you want. But I'm going to say three and a half hours of whether it's with yourself or other people of just relaxing and chilling. So it doesn't have to be all you for three and a half hours a day, but that is the great zone of when people are truly satisfied in life versus all day resting, which is what the natural lulling of nines is going to want to do for yourselves. And it's going to be annoyed anger when people break you out of what you wanted to do, whether it be reading your novel or hanging out and scrolling or being comfortable or cooking or one of your favorite guilty pleasures as a nine. That's really cool. And we love that you have that, especially being a nine. We want you to get to know yourself and to be able to enjoy, but to have a reasonable time limit is very important because it is for you also that you're going to be stepping out into the world. And I know helping others is natural for you and that's why you want to withdraw and be in comfort, but we need you to help. Like that's a good thing about you. That's not bad. And you working through conflicts and helping, like that's going to bring you to life and make you feel very different. And it isn't that you can't have a glow with your spouse when you're the other kind of nine. We see that all the time where people are nines who are just like kind of asleep and they're doing okay and their marriages are working. But I want to help you to find your brightest glow. And that's going to mean just a few hours a day of chillaxing. And then the rest of the day, you're in life. You're doing, you're asserting, you're moving into that assertive zone of that three. And then you're coming back and you're troubleshooting. And it's important that you do that and that you plan and you get your list going and it's prioritized. Your goals are going to certainly be checked off better. 
but just, you know, do integrate in with your spouse's stuff. They love your input, but it's not going to be your natural inclination. Your natural inclination is going to be comfort. So I'm asking you to stand in and stand strong. And I know you're going to have so much more power and joy when you do this. So I hope this episode was helpful to you guys. I cannot wait to see you in the collective. If you want to have monthly Zoom trainings with me, I can't wait to give you my PDFs that I've created over the last couple of years. I'm so thankful that that my team and I have created over the past couple of years. And I'm so grateful that we're going to get a chance to get to know each other. And I can hear your questions live and train you on the things that I know and that I'm learning in a live setting. So make sure you check that out. And I also left Sean Palmer's book on goal getting and stance work, speaking by the numbers for those of you who are in leadership and just want to make sure you're really attuning with all the types. In fact, I'm having my pastor and his wife borrow mine this week. So that's there too. And I hope that you guys have such a wonderful day. I so look forward to our mystery episode next week and our special episodes this midweek. Take care, you guys. Love living intentionally with you. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.